0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Horse Geeks podcast, where we look at horses and riding from the inside out. I'm Kirsten Nelson, professional horse trainer, and back with me is my basically (laughs) co-host, Deborah Miro, certified Alexander Technique instructor, and just wonderful person. So (laughs) today's topic is being grounded in mind and body. Getting Grounded, and this sort of has come up a lot for you in this past week. Mm -hmm. It came up a lot with me with um, horses in training, especially starting to just pop a cork, act unusual, and it's pre, it's, where are we now? It's like mid-December, so we're coming up on Christmas, and we had this big storm come through that yeah. is kind of a tropical type storm. We've been having winds, high winds for like a week. And so I'm sort of looking at the weather. I'm I'm going, what is going on? And then I had it was just a series of catastrophes this past month in December, where one of the horses in training, first we had all this rain. I had three horses in the barn blow abscesses after all that rain.
1: Ugh. Oh.
0: And then I was trying to film Ozzy in training for the owner, and he just would not pick up the trot under saddle and felt lame. So that's when I discovered his abscess. And then when I went to treat the abscess again the next day, he had stepped on a nail. And I was like, (laughs) oh, you're kidding me. So he was in the stall for a week. He's bounced back from it, you know a whole bottle of antibiotics stall rest for a week he healed up beautifully we were very lucky and then i Yay. got covid and it was like <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's not
1: funny but it's funny. It, it is
0: hilarious it's like <laughs> it's just a bad script somebody wrote right
1: well mercury is in retrograde sorry to say
0: Well, the other thing I heard, because I follow some like on NOAA, especially with this storm coming in, and there's um, another website that tracks like solar flares and solar storms.
1: I saw that.
0: So not only are we having this wind and rain event that's semi-tropical that's blowing from the Gulf through Florida right now, um, we've been having massive M-class flares and M-class storms coming off the sun. They also create solar winds. Maybe it's the reason we're having this unusual storm in December. Maybe. But I thought, you know, there's more things going on in the world than we can see or know about. And sometimes we don't know why we get ungrounded or our horse gets ungrounded and we fall apart Mm -hmm. and we just lose all sense of stability, organization, progress. It's like, so how do we come back or how do we deal with that? Like you said, you had a week like that where Mm -hmm. you said it was mostly clients or you yourself too.
1: Not me because I, I kind of prepare I think my clients help me prepare because when, and I, you've probably seen this, um, I'll have a week of people that come that have shoulder problems or, and, and this past week was people just not staying grounded, you know, with this time of the season, um, they're rushing and they're, I even had my last client on Friday say, I just need you to ground me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's
1: like okay, well, we'll both work on that. That sounds like a good idea. Um,
0: and what do we, so, we mean yeah, to, by then? Like, what does she mean, or what do you mean, or even what do I mean when we say grounded? We're kind yeah. of assuming everybody knows what that means. But what do you mean when you say grounded? Or what was your client looking for when she said, "Help ground me"?
1: Um. We tend to not be present where, for instance, this client had all of her family coming to visit. So for her to even be present in the room and not be thinking about, oh, I've got to do this, this, and this, um, not, for instance, just taking time walking to and from the barn, which you and I probably do a lot during the day to be present, to notice our feet on the ground when we're walking, to notice the trees, you know, to be very, um, your peripheral vision and not tunnel vision.
0: Mm. Yes. And I sort of think of grounded as like the ground. I go mm. solid, stable, mm. sort of, um, I guess also mentally focused. And Mm -hmm. so like in, if my mind is spinning, I find even my, my connection to the ground through my skeletal awareness or working with gravity just goes out the window. So the busier my mind is, it's like my body weight sort of shifts up. I use more muscular tension. I either am walking more on my heels or more on my toes, and I'm a little bit jerkier in my day-to-day activities rather than sort of smooth. And all of and that, that that's is how I recognize when I'm ungrounded. Right. And I'll tell you this COVID brain fog thing is real. It's real, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's- <laughs> yeah, so I've had a very hard time mentally focusing and i thought maybe i my energy was influencing the horses uh but if it is it's influencing every horse in the barn they've all been acting the same way also ungrounded like i've had
1: grounded yeah you know
0: bucking with a horse that n- has never bucked under saddle and you know little mini meltdowns i mean nothing really major mm-hmm. nothing dangerous but just a lot of <clears throat> acting out Hard for them to get mentally focused in the work or hard for them to stay calm and just do the Mm -hmm. regular routine that we've been doing. Everything went out the window.
1: Yeah, and to not um, get sucked into that, you know, to not lose our own groundedness while the horse is being expressive. I think, you know, that's the same pull um, out of ourselves not staying within even I had the same thing my big mare didn't want to move at all my little mare was running and, fucking <laughs> and, and I'm like who are you I don't even know you you 24 year old thing what are you doing <laughs> but to not get sucked into that it's kind of like parenting to not get sucked into your two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum on the floor, you know?
0: (laughs) I think at that moment, like what I found was it really called to my attention how ungrounded I was, how unstable Ah. I was in my own body and in my own mind. And so we have a choice at that moment. The more the horse is acting out, it takes some practice, but we learn to go the other way so it actually helped me with the horses popping corks all week to sort of have to get calmer to mm-hmm. really find my body to relax the excess tension that i was carrying by letting my mind spin around and be unfocused so it brought me back into my body and on days i was doing groundwork i really thought about my balance over gravity and just connecting into that sort of solid sensation of the arena <laughs> underneath me Yeah. while this horse is flying like a kite on the long reins all around me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that it really helped actually in that context. It made me more self-aware of my own lack of stability or focus or, or calmness. Mm-hmm. And I had to get myself there in order to manage the horse that couldn't get there right away so i found right. working with horses right. was actually kind of helpful and i think this time of year i call it the holidays h o l l y d a z e it's like happy holidays <laughs> because where our brains are going all over the place and and we're you know dealing with planning parties getting gifts seeing people we haven't seen in a while and so it's really easy to lose that that calm place of stability inside of us
1: yeah and and maybe like you said you have choices when that comes up to actually well maybe this isn't a great day to ride maybe i'll just go hang out with my horse you know do something different which is very calming
0: yeah And that like the mental focus exercise that I teach, just getting, I think we talked about it on one podcast and a lady emailed me, she was so sweet, and she tried it and she called it meditating with her horse.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: And I thought, you know, it's not actually that far away from a meditation exercise to just sort of like out on these blustery days Mm -hmm. when a horse really can't get out of fight or flight. They're just sort of stuck there reacting to the environment or having a hard day, just woke up on the wrong side of the stall, whatever reason, Mm -hmm. taking that time, like I'll often sit on the mounting block and just sort of get my horse's mind focused on me, ears and eyes towards me, and then wait just sort of wait at halt until the horse can think there, start like clicking into thinking rather than, you know, acting out and doing. Because what's very natural, I think, for us as well as horses is, you know, when in fear, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. And and to do the opposite of that, Mm -hmm. to say, let's not run in circles, scream and shout. Let's just sort of pause here. Maybe pause I think that's for...
1: important to say, to keep saying it's a choice and it you have to train yourself to do this. It's not, doesn't necessarily... It's not natural. Come, not at all. I yeah. mean, that's why Alexander training is three years. This takes time to ingrain this into your system that when you feel that thought, because I think it all starts with the thought of the hamster on the wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then that's where you really have a choice. Granted, you might have to start when you're already on the wheel and then figure out, oh, gosh, I really don't want to go down this road.
0: How do I get off the wheel? How
1: do I get off the wheel? Um, and
0: I think that's unique to everybody. I, I think do too. But it's going to involve what I find is it really essentially, especially for horses, breaks into two categories. Some horses and people can start to find that calmness or settle down by doing nothing, like being at halt, not moving, while other individuals really find it through movement. But that movement can just be the walk. It doesn't mean you have to go blow out all this excess energy it can just be a long rhythmic walk or a long period at halt and some one way works better for some people and horses and the other way is easier for some people and horses so some people say <clears throat> i just go take a walk mm-hmm. you know put my phone on airplane mode go take a hike through the woods or go take a walk around the neighborhood and after say a 20 30 minute walk i feel better and other people want to sit quietly maybe literally meditate or just sit there and do nothing mm-hmm. for 20 30 minutes and that sort of restabilizes and grounds the mind and the body and i don't think it matters like if if i'm busy and i don't have time for a walk or time to sit down and meditate even going through my barn chores or my work routine with the horses, I go, I can pull that energy into my routine so I can walk slower. Yeah, I can take more time. Mm-hmm. I can stop and focus on one thing at a time instead of multitasking. And that has exactly. a real calming effect for me if I just slow everything down and go, what do I need to focus on right now? just one thing right
1: and I truly wonder when you say slow things down I'm very curious about that because I don't I don't know I've always questioned this if we actually physically slow down or do we become more clear and able to achieve activities more thoroughly because we've slowed down our brain to say, it's. Okay, I think one thing.
0: It. This is a great Does example. It Absolutely, it makes sense. Yeah, and I always
1: question that.
0: I think it's physiological. It. It's mm. just like. Okay. You can't be. You can't give. Like we have a um, an expression of fake smiles, right? Mm-hmm. And what that means is the inside of that person doesn't actually feel happy or joyful and it comes across even though they're forcing a smile on their face it comes across inauthentic not quite right we somehow recognize that that's a fake smile do you know what i mean and it's the same when we walk slowly it's very hard to be tense or anxious because when we're anxious we physiologically choose to walk quickly and when we're tense we tend to kind of not want to move. And the same is absolutely true for horses, right? So we might get ourselves out of that tension by walking. We might get ourselves out of anxiety by literally stopping our movement. Or we could choose to walk half the speed of our normal walk. Mm -hmm. And I think that absolutely has a calming or grounding effect on how our mind is working Mm -hmm. and our breath and really all components because it's very hard to keep a steady, slow walk and be really angry or anxious or tense. (laughs) It's like, if, if I can kind of pace my walk to make it slow and thoughtful, it's very hard to hold these other emotions in the body and the mind at the same time that you're physically moving slowly and, and rhythmically. And I think that's why taking a walk has the effect of regrounding us, making us feel stable again and clears our head, kind of gets all that clutter out of there.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was teaching at a massage school, one of the other instructors, a student came up to her very ungrounded. And she just said, go take your shoes off and go walk in the grass. (laughs) She was like, just go touch the ground, get grounded. Everything will be okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's, it's the same with horses, like either a long period of halt or a long walk. Right. And by long walk, I mean a minimum of 15 to 20 minutes of steady walking, a minimum. And in that period of time, it's like if I can just keep a horse walking. So instead of taking a walk by myself in the woods or riding my horse in the woods or going for a walk in the neighborhood, sometimes I'll just walk the horse around the arena or I'll lunge the horse at the walk. Right. If I'm good and the horse needs help, I can just lunge the horse at the walk or hand walk them and set the pace. And it's like the same thing that I feel in my own skin is what I observe all the time with horses. The longer you're walking, it's like that anxious fast walk eventually slows down and becomes... Mm slower, and more rhythmic. And the tension melts away. That resistance to forward starts to just sort of go away. And the walk again looks freer and looser in the horse's body. And so it's that same, it's a physiological connection. We can't really separate the thought functions, the electrical currents through our brain, and the biochemical like all the hormones, all the chemistry that's running through our body with different emotions, we can't really separate that from movement. It's quite hard right. to walk slow and be anxious. So yeah. if I'm anxious, I can walk slow and that helps dissipate that anxiety, Right, slow and steady. Or if things are just feeling so out of control and so fast, I can sit there at halt with me and my horse focused on each other. And it really becomes like a waking meditation. You're just sitting there doing nothing, literally. And what happens is the mind starts to slow down and then the body starts to relax because you're just removing the potential of excess stimulation. That kind of I think that's what spins the hamster wheel faster is the more stimulation, the faster that hamster wheel goes.
1: Yeah. And and to train yourself like we do as Alexander technique teachers is to keep yourself as an individual, even when you have all these stimuluses out here and that we have a choice to walk away from those stimuluses, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's there's all I know for me, there's been days where I've just had to say I I can't possibly deal with this horse's emotional state right now. I I just walk away
0: or just increase the distance between you and the horse, because if a horse is really acting out in an unsafe manner, my personal space bubble can be a long lunge line away from my horse's personal space bubble. And if they need to act out or they're having a very hard time walking or maintaining halt, then I can keep using the line at any distance to regain my horse's attention on me or just wait it out. Let the horse do what they want to do. If that's safe enough to me and the horse and just be there, sort of holding that calm, grounded energy. Hold the space. Yeah. Hold the space.
1: Hold the space. And, I think that's what I'm talking about is still not getting sucked into that. You know, like checking back in with yourself and saying, am I staying grounded? Am I breathing? You know, all those things. So you don't escalate with what's going on on the end of the line.
0: Yeah. And visually my image is always, the horse has this big invisible bubble of personal space around their body. And I have at least an arm's length sort of invisible bubble around my body, but 360 degrees. And what I've learned is, if me and the horse are get sucked into that action-reaction game, then I imagine these two bubbles sort of pushing each other (laughs) back and forth, right? Or in a tug of war or banging into each other. Bang, yeah. Or scattered all over the place where it's hard to tell who's leading who or who's directing who. It's just two bubbles sort of chaotically everywhere. It
1: it reminds me of cells. When they get excited, they bounce around.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I am.
1: It's at a cellular level, which it is.
0: (laughs) I think it's happening all the way down to a cellular level. I don't have the evidence of that, but that's when I picture the invisible space around each body. I go, are we, you know, colliding into each other? Is the horse pushing my bubble around? Am I trying to push the horse's bubble around? Are we scattered and just? randomly chaotically all over the place Nobody's
1: in their bubble
0: <laughs> and all of that sort of visual image or actual movement just is what I consider ungrounded
1: yep. like
0: there's not much you're going to do with that except keep playing ping pong bubble to bubble it's like back mm-hmm. and forth back and forth back and forth so to stop that hamster wheel mm-hmm. I go okay if the horse is really excited you and your old personal space bubble belong far away over there so we can connect mentally while we're physically at a safe distance. And then we're either going to choose a slow walk or halt, or I might have to remind my horse over and over. If they take (laughs) off, get excited, bring them down to halt, start over, right? Or bring them down to walk and start over. And I'm just talking groundwork, but this would equally apply to writing. Right. Right. And so if we, because that's the bubble on top of the other bubble. So that's harder to get that distance and even emotional distance or mental distance. So sometimes it's better to get on the ground and increase physical distance between the two bubbles until both bubbles can just sort of settle yeah. and become still or quiet or rhythmic and slow something. And that to me is how I go about what we're calling grounding myself or helping my horse ground. And right. it is meditative.
1: I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, your your heart rate is probably going to decrease. Your breathing is going to be more diaphragmatic and natural, just like you'd want the horse, you know, you want to be licking and chewing and blinking and (laughs) just like your horse, not that deer in the headlights look.
0: (laughs) And everything you're describing is that sort of full transition through the nervous system into dominance of the parasympathetic. So when we talk grounded, we could say a parasympathetic state. It doesn't mean we're laid back, cool, and chill. It means that we're focused, we're organized, we're not in fear and chaos. Right. Or when we're
1: adaptable and, and, uh, you know, present, being present in the moment, not thinking of the list for holiday travel or whatever.
0: Yeah. And so movement can be whether we choose halt or we set a slow steady pace to a walk movement can help us get there for us and the horse if we can't quite get our brains focused then just maintaining halt or maintaining a slow rhythmic walk can help the brain settle can sort of yeah. clear that emotional it slow down that emotional hamster wheel <laughs> from yeah. spinning so fast or being stuck and, um, and then we also can have our own tools. Like there's a lot of, mm-hmm. um, people I learned from different meditation practices or, um, even different people who are very good at their job say a lot of similar things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that the mind has to be rested, focused. The body relaxed in order to do your best work, whether that's exactly. physical work like it is with a horse or our job while we're sitting at the computer. Yes. So it's kind of the same. So there's a lot of tools and techniques out there for grounding yeah. ourselves and walking barefoot on the grass. I've heard that one, that it actually yeah. sort of like, it probably stimulates a boatload of acupre- acupressure points on the bottoms of our feet and has a benefit. Um, well, it,
1: it also goes to physiologically, most of your balancing muscles are in your lower leg and into your feet. So just getting on some uneven ground or something tactile like grass that stimulates all those senses
0: going mm. up through your
1: feet brings you more aware of being grounded so it's it's a physiological thing that actually happens
0: interesting mm-hmm. and i wonder too like each person learns strongest in either auditory or visual or kinesthetic ways and i'm wondering if that isn't also something we can latch on to when we need to ground ourselves so in other words, yeah. like for me, I'm a very much a kinesthetic learner. I learn by doing, like my hands have to be doing something to, or my body has to be doing something right. to integrate the learning. So a lot of times I take notes by hand because I don't have to go back and look at my notes. I remember because I wrote them by hand.
1: I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I have to um, r- write it down but I usually don't go back and look at it. It's that connection.
0: Yeah. Where that... an, an auditory learner can listen and just remember a lot through the words spoken. Right. Right. And somebody visual needs to sort of see it happening or see a change or see something in order to learn. And we all have all three ab- abilities for learning or or even grounding ourselves. But I think one modality, like for me, that's why trying to ground myself or stabilize myself involves movement, sit still, walk slowly. It could also be slow, relaxing music for somebody. Maybe the music makes the biggest difference, like all the meditation music or coffee shop music is (laughs) Mm -hmm. sort of has that grounding effect. And for other people, it's maybe visual, like getting away from visual input and stimulation, either closing the eyes, closing the eyes in meditation is huge, or going someplace where you're not seeing a lot of activity. Right. Right. Like a walk in the woods or yeah. where you're reconnecting visually with nature you're out in the garden you're f- focusing your visual um your visual focus onto flowers or butterflies or the tree or something that makes you feel good and i think those can all be ways that we can ground ourselves when we're feeling right. really scattered busy ungrounded not connected especially during the holidays
1: The holidays, and I I did read something, it was something about the horse's brain on Facebook this morning about, the horse learns behavior from us. They can learn, so if we're bringing to the table this ungrounded, busy kind of energy, I, I can't imagine how disruptive that is to them. Being that they're prey animals, you know, they need, they need something that's grounded and.
0: Well, that's their language. Yeah. So how we, how we are broadcasting energy Mm -hmm. is how we're speaking to our horse. Right. So yeah, if we're broadcasting a lot of anxiety, our horse is either going to not want any part of that or could match it. Yeah. Or could rebel against it. Right. So it's like the horse has mm-hmm. choices. We don't think of that all the time. We don't. But each individual horse will say, Ooh, I don't want any part of that and become hard to catch all of a sudden. Right. I
1: see that on Facebook. What do I do with a hard to catch horse? And I'm like, <laughs> That's a lot of work. And that can be
0: <laughs> part of that can be a horse. the the horse itself can have a fear that needs to be addressed or it can be that our horse that's normally easy to catch is looking at our energy or sensing our energy from about 50 yards away going, I don't think I want any part of that today. Yeah. Yeah. Or if, If we are bonded with our horse, I think horses, and I see this a lot, not only with horses, but dogs, cats, children, are going to adopt the energy that we're broadcasting. It's all happening non-verbally, but it's going to create some cohesion in in the relationship by sort of matching energy, even if it's not desired energy. It still is, and so a lot of times... I'll find horses and riders are sort of similar in their struggle That's to change. The horse will match the rider.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, the good side of that is the horse is, in a sense, bonding with their rider. But it's not, nobody's getting any real benefit out of that. It's no. become a negative <laughs> cycle. It's a
1: chaotic situation.
0: It's a chaotic situation. That <laughs> hamster wheel is spinning out of yeah, control. No. Yeah. So we have to find a way to stop that and shift the energy.
1: And to realize that we are part of that equation. You know, I, way back when, I used to always think if my horse is acting out, it's just the horse. But now I'm in a place where I go, okay, well, what am I bringing to the table? What am I, you know, where am I at right now that, am I adding to this? Am I helping? Am I... Yeah, I always I start asking all those questions. How am I grounded? Am I using my body well so that I'm pro- projecting a healthy that's, human?
0: That's the choice I'm talking about and that is the thing we can do is check in with ourselves. Right. And and really use the tools we have to get ourselves grounded. in body and mind, right, and do what we need to do for ourselves, because I think you hit the nail on the head. The reason we check in with ourselves first is to make sure we're not contributing Mm -hmm. to the energy or the problem. But that is also all we can do. Because one of the things that gives me the eye roll is when people say oh if i'm right the horse will magically respond because it's an animal right that some and it creates this sort of like new age guilt where the rider goes oh i have to keep working on myself until my horse is better and it it kind of pisses me off because i go that <laughs> that's really taking away the individualism or the individual sovereignty of that horse. The horse has its own emotional life. The horse has its own thoughts and feelings. What we can do, which is what you said perfectly, check in, are we contributing? Mm -hmm. Are we holding a calm, grounded space and adjusting what we're asking our horse to do in order to help our horse? Or are we making things worse? but that's all we can do we okay. can't we can't magically like the horse whisperer myth <clears throat> horse whisperers can work faster than most other humans in a more subtle way but it never right. takes away the individualism or the sovereignty of the individual horse they have their own view of the world And they wake up in a good mood, a bad mood. They have anxieties. They have tension. They can feel calm and focused or not, right? And they have their own internal world that has very little to do with us until we're in a relationship with them, which means we showed up. That's
1: really interesting because don't you always hear things like, didn't we work through this already?
0: (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) Don't you hear that? Like, didn't we just, didn't we work through this a month ago? Why are we back here again?
0: (laughs) Well, it's kind of like when the husband asks (laughs) the wife.
1: It's like, don't take it personal.
0: Or non-horse person, I should say. When a non-horse person asks a horse person, why are you still taking riding lessons? Don't you know how to ride yet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) actually no (laughs) maybe before I die or maybe I'll have to be on the other side before I figure it out but yeah
0: and I go it's ridiculous we don't expect somebody who got the basket in the net one time now has mastered basketball you know or somebody who hit the ball with the bat has now mastered baseball or softball Mm -hmm. it's like no you you keep playing it and practicing it for the sake of doing it Because it's fun. Right. right? And I think what you're talking about is like, oh, my horse was calm yesterday. Why not today? And I go, because a horse's mood is going to fluctuate as much as any person's. We don't always know why. Right. And it's like when I, I don't know, walk through the grocery store, I have no idea why some people are cranky and other people are friendly and some people make eye contact and other people don't. I got no control over that, and I have no idea why, but as soon as we're in close proximity, we have a choice to interact or not interact, right? When we go get our horse, we're interacting. So all of a sudden, we're going to our horse saying, (laughs) hey, let's interact, and your horse might not feel like it.
1: No, we get get so emotionally distraught if they don't want to be with us.
0: I'm so unloved. And we think
1: it's their fault. You know, it's like, why don't you want to be with me? Well, I wouldn't want to be with that either.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have coffee another day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you calm down a bit, we'll have a talk.
0: Yeah, and when we can can see that. that... It's actually really funny because horses are pretty brutally honest in what they have to say to us. And it isn't what we like to hear all the time. No, it's not. It's just kind of their honest assessment of our energy, body language, personal space, thoughts and feelings, all of that. They're downloading non-verbally and then they make a decision. And it's the same magic that sometimes these horses that are difficult for experienced horse people are suddenly gentle, like a little lamb with a kid or somebody when they use horses as part of therapy for people. Those horses actually know their job and they're at their best. They're the one holding space for the person. Right. And when we work with our personal horses, if our horse is losing the plot, we're the ones that have to hold the space. But it's a relationship a back and forth of those things. And it's dynamic. It's like, why right. did the horse respond to that person in a way that is atypical? Because right. it's dynamic. Yep. Right? And why does our horse suddenly go backwards in training? There could be a gazillion reasons, Yes, and maybe 99% of those gazillion reasons we're never going to really know or understand.
1: Exactly. And that's interesting because I just got done, and we'll have to discuss it in another podcast, doing a whole series of classes on the psychophysical aspects of pain, and that pain itself is considered a threat to the body. So it can trigger a whole lot of different psychophysical activities in horse or human.
0: No, I was actually just, as part of a course I'm taking, was reading about mirror neurons Ah, that we have in the human brain. And it also explains why, like an amputee can have phantom pain. Right. Is you can literally have the amputee watch another person have their arm massaged and the pain, the phantom limb pain will go away.
1: Yeah, And that has to 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 do...
0: We'll have to look more into the mirror neurons because... Okay, I can
1: talk to Tim Cacciatore about that.
0: It's pretty interesting, but it's why you know birds of a feather shit on the same rock. It's because Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, When people complain, we also gravitate into complaining with other people because of these mirror neurons and our need to have a social structure for safety. But we can can get sucked into our horse's drama by watching our horse be anxious or tense, again, because of these mirror neurons. And the same back
1: and forth, the opposite direction, like we talked a little bit earlier, they can whole, some of our stuff that we bring.
0: And I think that's maybe why it's a trained skill for us to remember in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think the mirror neurons are sort of guiding us instinctually to match energy or match what we're seeing around us. But there's another part of us that has a choice to go a right. different direction. Right. Right. And it's difficult, probably physiologically, we're probably hardwired to fit into a group because that's how humans survive. But when we decide that group doesn't have the energy I really want or that's not in my best interest, we have to find a way to ground ourselves and come back into a place that we do want to feel or experience or clear our mind. And, and that's, I think
1: that's, that's huge to, to have that, to make that choice, to realize we have a choice whether to join the group whatever energy level they're at or not.
0: And I think one last thing I want to add is it takes practice for us just like a horse. So yes. like I always tell people, I go one good day of training or one good ride does not a trained horse make. No. It's going to go up, it's going to go down, like just like the stock market. You'll progress over time, but there's <laughs> going to be a lot of ups and downs on, on Give the it process. 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> so I think for us, learning to ground ourselves, or if I put it in my mm-hmm. training terms, habituating what I call the learning frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But we could also call that grounding. And when we discover little tools or techniques that work uniquely well for us, Mm -hmm. which means we come, we find that sort of grounded sensation or we get back in the learning frame of mind, or we feel calm and stable and mentally focused again, we can practice that with our horse and without our horse and the more we practice it, the more we're also developing a very strong neural pathway. Mm-hmm. And I think, like during the holidays, that's when we need that neural pathway to be big and wide and strong so that we and can practice. <laughs> and practiced. <laughs> so that in the middle of, I don't know, that obnoxious uncle saying something dumb at Christmas dinner, you can just pull yourself back into a calm state and not have to have that collision of bubbles over the holiday dinner table.
1: Exactly. And it is practice.
0: It is. It is practice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. But with each time we do it, especially if we find something that's unique to us like Mm -hmm. sound or sight or kinesthetic Uh, something that brings us back into a calm, quiet, mentally focused state, the more often we practice it, especially when we don't need it, the stronger it becomes. I agree. And then it is there Mm -hmm. when you do need it. I
1: think it becomes more available. Yeah, it becomes more available. You know, you access it. What I've found is I can access it quicker. You know, it it comes to me sooner. When I actually do it, and you don't have to be practicing you know, a, a big length of time. You could take one, a minute to, you know, maybe it's a word that comes into your mind or a breath or whatever, and then just move on with your day. You're not going to stay in it forever.
0: Right. Everything changes.
1: Everything changes, but you can always access it.
0: You can you keep can coming always, back to it.
1: Yes. It's always available to you. Yeah, yeah like,
0: like people will ask me, how do I get my horse safe on trail rides? Or how do I go to the show without my horse completely losing the mm-hmm. plot? And I go, it depends on what you're doing daily. If you're asking mm-hmm. for your horse to mentally focus on you during your entire work session, and the two of you are in a calm state, both feeling safe, then I become associated with that feeling of safety in my horse's mind. So the same way we could do it over holiday dinner, if Mm -hmm. I'm riding a horse and the environment of the show or the trail suddenly stimulates my horse into a fear reaction, Mm -hmm. I can just get the ears on me. I can bring my horse's attention back to me and they instantly begin to calm down because of that right. practiced, practiced that association. Practiced state. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: practiced state of mind,
0: a state yeah. of being. Yeah. But then when you need it, once it's good and strong, when you need it, the world is going to throw something at you in your horse that you don't expect. And you can say, hey, focus on me. I'm calm or I'm calming myself down. And why don't you join me? <laughs> yeah. And let's ignore.
1: I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's all there. It's available.
0: And that's how your horse becomes adaptable to all these different challenging environments. It's not a matter of desensitization. I go, you can't practice desensitization with every potential object or situation that you're going to encounter. But you can build a very strong conditioned association between, hey, horse, focus on me. I'll focus on you. And when we do that, we both feel calm and grounded. Mm -hmm. So the more frequently we practice that, the more it's there when we suddenly need it. Yeah. That's how I get a horse trail worthy. I build trust.
1: It's trust.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? I think that kind of covers a lot.
1: Oh, a lot of stuff. Stay grounded, everybody.
0: Especially during the holidays.
1: Especially during the holidays. I yes. love like Holly D A Z E. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and happy solstice to everybody.
0: That's right. I mean, the end of the year is just such a big. It's a winding down of our calendar year. It's like a slowing down period. The light changes. What is it? December 21st, mm-hmm. right? We start to go from days getting shorter to days getting longer in the northern hemisphere and the reverse in the southern hemisphere. And it's a time of change. Yeah. So it is a good time. Maybe when we take a break from shopping and we have to go see our horse we just lower our expectations for that yeah, time with our enjoy horse. Enjoy
1: being present with them.
0: Yeah. They'd and work, appreciate it. Yeah. Work on letting our horse, because horses love doing nothing. That's what they do all day. <laughs> so doing nothing with us makes perfect sense to them.
1: Yeah. That's a good point.
0: And uh, maybe go look at our horse as a place where we can slow down relax, reground ourselves during this time of year. Mm -hmm. I like that. I do too. (laughs) Even if our horse is blowing up, we can practice on ourselves.
1: Yes, we can. I do it all
0: the time. And isn't it funny? I go, there's all kinds of things going on in the world that affect us more than we give them credit for. But it's like you, I go, I had the same week feeling ungrounded myself, Mm -hmm having the yep. horses sort of like suddenly all the training fell off. it's
1: like yeah, that was my week and with and with clients coming into my office. So it always amazes me how that works.
0: Yeah. All right, we will wrap right. it up there. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of the Horse Geeks podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. Please like, share and subscribe. It really supports Deb and I, especially to keep going and do this, uh, finding something to talk about week after week. And also, if you have suggestions, questions yes. or comments, we love those. We do. OK, see you guys later.
1: Bye bye.